to a special series for Pride 2020. Auckland Library's Heritage Collections holds a variety of material which reflect and represent the LGBTQI communities. In this podcast, we'll take a quick tour of some examples from across a few of the different formats. You can come into Tamaki Pataka Corridor, the Central City Library, or to one of the four research centres to explore this content yourself anytime. This morning I'm meeting with Senior Curator, Archives and Manuscripts, Dr Natasha Barrett, who has selected a few manuscripts um, from the collection to discuss. Uh, kia ora, Natasha. Kia ora, Sue. Thanks Welcome. for inviting me. Thanks for taking the time with me today. So, um, you have been through the boxes, as such, um, and the listings, and found a few gems from the collection. What can you tell us today yeah. about what you found? Well, that's right. So, um, I had a, a virtual tour online to see what I might find that might be of interest to um, the readers, or listeners, I should say. Um, so, we've got the Auckland Lesbian Archive, which I'm going to talk about, uh, the Fifth Season Garden Group. Ooh. And I know, it's a great name, isn't it? <laughs> and the Broadsheet Collective. Um, and there's a couple of links I've made between the two, which I, I thought um, brought, brought them out in quite interesting ways. So, Fantastic. Yeah, so so I, where would you like to pick off? Um, I'll start with the Auckland Lesbian Archive. Um, so this is a reasonably large, um, or reasonably sized collection, covers 1985 to 1995. Uh, we've got things included uh, such as newsletters, um, small collection of lesbian archives within the broader archive. Um, we've got papers relating to the formation of the Lesby Friends of the Archives Trust, publications, posters. So like any collection, it, it's hybrid in nature. Oh. So just to give a bit of background about the um, archive. Mm -hmm. So from 1979 onwards, lesbian support groups were amongst those groups located at the Women's um, Centre in Ponsonby. Some people may remember that. Um, and in 1992 to 93, a collective was formed, and they recognised the historic importance of the women's movement and applied for a heritage grant through the Lotteries Commission. Mm. And work on the records uh, began a few years later in 1995, and records of various organisations were identified and arranged as individual collections. And this project led on to the formation of the Lesbian Community Archiving Group, which has been named the Lesby Friends of the Archives Trust. <laughs> and it is a great name, it's quite a mouthful. Um, and over 95 to 96, they collected and conserved materials on lesbian life in Auckland through a um, formal arrangement with, um, as we were then, the Auckland Public Library. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a great collection to have. It's an important part of the history um, at that time and, um, you know, reasonably early on. They must predate the, um, the Charlotte Museum, which is the, which is the contemporary kind of house, I suppose, for lesbian archives mm. or, or, or celebrating lesbian life, um, which exists. I think they were in New Lynn still. I'll have to check mm. it out. But awesome. So did you um, learn all of that from the actual archive itself? Yeah, so just having a read through, um, and that's the great part of my job, that when these sort of opportunities come mm. up, um, I get to uh, read into the um, archive a bit more. I, I was aware of it, but um, not, not the sort of the different details of the history. So, yeah, it's always a good opportunity to find out more about the collections. Any particular standouts? 
Well, I had a quick quick look through, yes. We've got in the Sue Fitchett papers, which relate to the Lesbian Coalition, and this is where a political action group focusing on the Homosexual Law Reform Act, a, a bill, sorry, of 1985. Um, we've got the New Zealand Lesbian and Gay Community Newsletters, um, such as Time for Lesbian and Gay Youths, Price Centre News and Hersey. Um, and finally, the gay and lesbian community flyers, such as Summer Outing at Greylin Park in 1986 and 1987. So, yeah, they're just a few highlights. But as I say, it's, um, it's about nine, nine boxes and also oversized posters. So a lot for people to look into if they were coming to uh, look at the collection. Fantastic. Okay. My next collection is the Fifth Season Garden Group, which, uh, as you noted, has, has, a, has a really intriguing name. It's um, <laughs> probably not something you kind of associate with the subject matter. but um, So they're a network of LGBT gardeners um, who arrange social events, including visits to gardens around Auckland. Um, the archive contains committee, committee and AGM minutes, the constitution, uh, event details, correspondence, newsletters, membership lists, and so on. So yeah, they're, they're quite a, um, an intriguing group too. I had never heard of them, so it was interesting to read about them. Do they still function? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as I'm aware, they're still going. So our, our, I love a good garden Yeah, tour. our collection goes from 2000 to 2019, so yes. Um, so the group's objectives are to promote the enjoyment of plants and gardens amongst people of similar interest mm -hmm. and to develop a supportive environment and to foster an interest in learning about plants and appreciating their value. So this um, has included garden tours, they've done a television documentary, mm. book publications and also most notably uh, something called the Heroic Garden Festival that was run by Geoffrey Marshall and his partner John Hayward. Um, it was initiated as a way to raise funds for Auckland City Mission's Hearn Bay House, which is a, was, was a respite and treatment centre for people for, uh, living with HIV and AIDS. Um, and during the course of the uh, duration that the festival ran from, which is 1997 to 2018, they raised a, a over 1.2 million, so not, not insubstantial. <laughs> so ama amazing work um, that they uh, did. Um, there's a book um, called Space, Place and Sex, Geographies of Sexualities by Johnston and Longhurst. <clears throat> And they relate the fifth season garden group to Peter Wells' comment about being gay and the power of gardening. And I thought it was, um, you know, it would be nice to, to read that. And this comment comes from a visit um, uh, after Peter Wells had been to Geoffrey Marshall and uh, John Hayward's Auckland Garden. So Peter Wells says, Gay men have often been leading proponents of style, be it in gardening or in other imaginative spheres. It seemed to me, as I closed the garden gate and left behind this magical world, that part of the reason could be that gay people have historically had little control over wider aspects of society, and indeed small controls over laws which affected our lives so directly. To create a small kingdom, an area of sovereignty, has been an essential survival strategy. More than this, it is, in some sense, a triumph, creating as in this case, gardening is how we stay sane. So what a beautiful quote. Quite a poignant. Uh, oh. um, and it's really yes. worth, actually, we've got that book in our collections, really worth okay. um, checking it out. It's, it. yeah, really, really interesting book. 
Um, and the final collection I want to talk about is Broadsheet Collective, which um, some of our listeners may have heard about. It's a, it's a very significant collection. Um, the collection includes um, a um, incomplete run, but um, a reasonably substantial run mm. of um, administrative records, uh, which includes meetings. So overall, it's sort of 1971 to 1999, the span of the collection. We've got financial records, correspondence, photos, and some of these photos were used in the Broadsheet Collective magazine, posters, um, and an almost complete run of um, the Broadsheet magazine itself, which ran from July 1972 to July 1997. Um, so Broadsheet was New Zealand's first feminist magazine focusing on debating women's issues at depth and information sharing on a national and international level. So it's, it's a significant um, serial. So just to give a background to um, how the uh, publication came about. Um, so the Auckland Women's Liberation was founded in 1970 and it was uh, one of New Zealand's second wave feminist groups. Um, the group distributed its first newsletter in February 1971, and within a few months, uh, group members, um, including Sandra Coney, Anne Else, Rosemary Ronald, and Kitty Wishart, had formed the Broadsheet Collective and produced the Broadsheet magazine. And it only took uh, two years for a growing membership and increased sales to result in a change of format. And Broadsheet, um, with its new glossy cover, was distributed nationally. So this is a really large collection. It's 100 boxes. So if anyone's, they're more than welcome to come in to see it. But just to be aware of that, that it is a really large collection. We do have an inventory, which is available online. So people can have a look through um, before coming to, to see it. But uh, yeah, it's a really... It was a great vehicle, really, for, um, for a lesbian woman too, and bisexual woman too you know, address and debate some of the, the issues within that community, within the broader feminist kind mm. of um, context too, because it's not specifically a... No, no, yeah. no, that's a good point to make. Um, but I did go through the inventory, which mm. anyone can do. It's a PDF, so you can search it. It's really easy. And just pulled out some examples that I thought would be sort of poignant um, to discuss. Uh, so we've got correspondence uh, within the collection from 1989 with uh, Gay Community News, uh, New Zealand Police about an American newspaper report on the forced closing of a lesbian rest home in Wellington, oh. and a letter from Lisa Savage on lesbians and AIDS. Uh, we've also got letters from organisations such as the Auckland Lesbian and Gay Youth and Women's Global Network for Reproductive Rights. Uh, so, in, you know, we were just having, prior to our starting recording, we were having an interesting um, conversation about where reproductive rights sat yeah. and whether that was something that had come through with um, gay and lesbian um, movements um, as well as um, more broadly because obviously it's something that touches everyone. Um, and finally, we've also got the Springbok Tour 1981, and that was um, movement of gay people against the tour. So, you know, usually you do think about that as being something that most people were, were against, but it's quite interesting to see that from a particular group's perspective. Mm -hmm. Sort of a solidarity group as such within yeah. the community. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your research and, and putting this together, Natasha. It's been really fascinating. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.